is a longer intro than I thought. Okay, there we go. I'm gonna do it. Tony oh, Shavani yes. here at the power. I can't do it. I can't do a good Shavani. I thought all. it was really him for a second. Yeah, wow. it was great. Wow. Wow. That, was, that was a good get to Jan. Got Tony. I gotta. I gotta like pierce my ear. Pull, go full Shivani. You know. I think. I think Tony Shivani's let Tony do his thing. Yeah, yeah. It works. I. I think he pulls it off. It's. He looks really good Tony. with it. Uh, I'm Janet Choa. This is uh, the the power bomb cast. The forbidden door is ajar. And we've slipped wrestling Gross. through all the way now, and let's let's talk about it, huh? We we got Dan Reichert. Hi, hello, John. I don't know your last name. I'm not going to say it, but uh, you may also know him as Eye Patch Wolf. It's actually Eye Patch Wolf. Uh, Ireland's weird. Oh, oh, one word. Is it? Is yep, it? Right. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. Eye Patch Wolf. Then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay, got, good, got it, got it. Jeff Grubb. Howdy. I I understand wrestling. <laughs> Yes, yes, we, we got Big Daddy Cool himself, Jason A. Stryker. Hi, I thought I understood wrestling. I, I no longer do. And we got the bad boy of wrestling himself, Mike Minotti. Hi, I want to wrestle Jeff Grubb. No! I mean, we could, we could arrange <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, that. I would be a huge coward. Um, that's going to be, a, I'm going to be a heel, so I have to be you a cowardly, be like right? That's how that works. But only the yep. parts where he, like, backs off. <laughs> yes, yes. Then oh. Never, ever, yeah. Oh, yes. I don't, I I don't do see Grubb as a chicken shit heel. Do you? Do you? Mm. I don't know. Mm, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we, we wind up watching a lot of wrestling, and there's been a lot of big wrestling events over the past uh, two weeks, week and a half or so. So we thought, why not just brush the ring rust off? You know, there's there's a lot of gas in the tank still. And let's let's get back into the squared circle of podcasting. Uh, I just want to say this off at the very top. We're not going to be doing this every week. We may not even do this after every single major wrestling event. We're going to pull like a big dog, a tribal chief, the head of the table, and we'll roll back when we want to, you know, you know, so, so maybe not even after SummerSlam, maybe not even after the big four, maybe there'll be like a small indie thing that, that speaks to us and we'll assemble uh, a crew together to talk about wrestling. Um, but I just want to go around the circle real quick and just touch base of where, where you've been at with wrestling. Are you, are you watching it every week? Are you following it? Um, is it still dominating majority of your watch time? Because, God, if you were trying to watch all of the wrestling, you are watching wrestling like seven days a week. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's start with uh, Jason. Jason, where, where are you at with wrestling? I've been in and out for years now. Like, you know, AEW definitely got me back in in, in a big, big way. Um, but then TBS said I can't leech off of my in-laws uh, subscription anymore. So I'm having to download stuff, but I'm still trying to keep up. Uh, I watch uh, WWE only when there's a like a major event, like a pay-per-view or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, they do a pretty good wrap up, you know, like an intro video, just describing everything that I just missed. So, um, that's, that's, that's as far as I go, but I, I go, I go way, way back, like early WrestleMania days, like, you know, renting, uh, you know, WrestleMania tapes from, um, gas stations and shit like that. So, um, I've been around for okay. sure. Okay. John, where, where are you at with wrestling? You watching the weeklies at all? Um, I, I go way back with wrestling, very strong childhood memory of bawling, crying on my sitting room carpet because Bob Backlund wouldn't let go of Bret Hart. Yes. Oh, going through the, just that's, Dramatic. that's, that's a lot to take as a little boy. I'll, I'll tell you that. 
Um, and right now, like pretty much try and keep up with everything. I keep up with WWE's weekly shows through uh, Simon Miller's Ups and Downs, which is super great. Mm. And then, but I will keep up with AEW just week to week, just because it's a product I really enjoy. And still, like, um, we'll tune into. My heart's really with New Japan. I, I'm a big New Japan guy. Uh, I got really nice. into it about three or four years ago, and I still love it. I think out of all the promotions, COVID hit New Japan the hardest, and it's it's still oh, wow. I feel like pulling itself back together. But um, yeah, big big wrestling man. <laughs> I'm not actually that big. That was a bad way to put it. No, no, no. That's, that's gimmick, right. Yeah, big wrestling man. Seven feet yeah. tall. Yeah. <laughs> Seven feet tall. That's what that's what John is, and he's a part wolf. Sure. Yeah. Uh, All that's true. Mike, you watched some New Japan as well. Where 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 have you been at with wrestling lately? Yeah, yeah. So lately, I I follow AEW all the time. I, I follow New Japan's kind of uh, bigger uh, events. I'm getting amped up for the G1 starting. I, I think in a couple weeks here. So, you know, I, I was a wrestling yeah. fan most of my uh, life, and then kind of started falling off it. And when I did, it was what when Jericho did his first match with Omega in New Japan. That's what kind of brought me back in and realized that I had an alternative. And then that just kind of timed up nicely because that spiraled into AEW. And that's where uh, I kind of have been devoting a lot of my time. I've been following that pretty religiously since it started. Six, 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 six. Dan, I'm going to touch on you last. Uh, Grub, where are you at with wrestling? You much of a wrestling man? Uh, I, I uh, like... Man. Yeah, I'm a bit. I am the big wrestling man. I you like and John, uh, the big things, wrestling man. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're our, our our tag, tag team. team. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I like things that people are passionate about. It makes me it gives me like a window into like um, I don't. I just it, it makes it easier for me to enjoy when I see other people really enjoy something. So I've always had this uh, curiosity since you know when I was younger. I absolutely was into uh, to wrestling. I watched uh, you know during the Monday Night, Monday Night Wars. I watched a lot of WCW. I fell off like everything in life where, you know, I met girls and decided that was more important. Um, and then I I came back around re- recently because I was like, you know, uh, I think I was like reading a book about uh, they had like some carnies stuff in it. And I'm like, wait, a lot of this stuff is like familiar. Oh, wrestling is where I've heard all these things before. Yeah. And I'm like, I got really interested in that lineage of like how that went from, you know, this, this weird carny sideshow to becoming this major, you know, mega business. And then since then, I've been kind of t- touching in here and there. I watch a lot of the pay-per-views uh, over the last year, not as much, maybe, maybe during COVID, just not as much in general. And uh, and just this uh, past few months, I've been trying to get back into it. I got a YouTube TV subscription so I could watch AEW, and I've been watching that here and there. But yeah, I enjoy it is where I'm at with it. Nice, nice. Uh, real quick, I think I've, I used to watch the, the weeklies religiously. I loved SmackDown, uh, loved Raw, but then as soon as Raw went to three hours, it was getting really, really hard to keep up with it on a weekly basis. Um, and then ever since AEW came out, I, I started watching those weeklies more often. Just love Rampage. We'll get to Ramp- the Royal Rampage during this episode because, my God, that was amazing. Uh, but I think I've, it's just been more fun for me personally to keep up with AEW just because there are familiar faces, you know, the, the WWE alumni and then other folks from other promotions, but it's just been nice to see fresher faces continuously popping up due to various sets of circumstances. And last but not least, Dan, you haven't had that much of a, 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 a you haven't talked about wrestling that much over the past couple of years, have you? Weird. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the floodgates had to kind of open once I was out of there. It's uh, It was the a weird time. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've been less interested in the WWE product outside of like the time I was working there. It was really weird timing on that. 
Um, I never really watch SmackDown because I was streaming on Friday nights typically. Uh, Raw, I'll typically put on in the background when I'm playing games and stuff like that. Uh, NXT, ever since 2.0, I found it hard to follow. Although, every once in a while, I'll see some stuff like GIFs or, or stories about what's going on with like wacky you know, characters. And it seems like they're doing some fun stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of talent, but it seems very green. In a way, it almost seems kind of like the old like Hulu days, which is when I really liked NXT. I didn't like it as much when they were like trying to compete with AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the uh, I feel like ever since I've been working there, I can just kind of like see the matrix of, of WWE. And it's just like, you know, I, I felt like I knew the industry before and everything. And like there were the things everybody would complain about with WWE and all the like tropes of like, oh, everyone watches the TV sideways. And this thing is said this way and you can't say belt and all that. But now that I've like seen all that firsthand and when I watch Raw like last night, I'll have it on for like three hours. And it's just like I, I will watch all of it. But then the second it's over, nothing sticks with me. Every sure. promo, like yeah. I, I think when you hear uh, Moxley when he left and he did that interview, I can't remember if it was the Wade Keller podcast or what it was, and he talked about the scripted promos and all that. It's such a such a problem there. Every promo feels like it's written by the same people that don't know wrestling that were brought in because they were a PA on fucking you know Psych for you know six months or something <laughs> like that. You know, the characters are welcome. And They're keeping in the USA family, Dad. <laughs> characters are welcome. Yes, it's. Uh, it's just all so stale. And like, I understand some of it because some talent you, you kind of do need uh, to have it written out. Sure. And some talent can kind of do their own thing. And you see some like, you know, New Day had uh, a much longer leash with their promos. Becky Lynch, you can kind of tell she's being herself and they trust her. The Miz, I mean, the Miz can do. The Miz is like the ideal WWE product. Yeah. The dude is up for anything. He is there to put anyone over. He makes everyone look like a million bucks. He is safe. He can talk. He can appear on talk shows and everything and do the company line thing perfectly. He is just the most agreeable. Like, he's an incredibly, incredibly talented dude. And, like, that's exactly, like, the ideal, like, the blueprint for a WWE type of character is is The Miz. And I, I can't say enough good things about him. He is uh, He was always great to work with and everything. Um but that said, there's just a lot of people that, like, when you can tell they're just doing the written promos, the the, the Liv Morgans and, and those types, which Liv's great, too. But, like, it just all feels the same. It all feels sure. the same. All these promos, all these backstages that end the exact same way with the interviewer looking off to the side. And, like, it's just, it's so, so formulaic. I hate how clean everything is. The Every backstage is lit with the red and the blue and everything. Like, I liked it better when it was, like, sorry, I'm, I'm just ranting on a bunch of random no, things No, here. no, please, no, Dan, go, go, just go yeah. off. This is the podcast. Like, yeah, I like it back it. in the day, like the Attitude Era or even beyond, you know, Ruthless Aggression, AEW. Yeah. Like, when you go backstage, I want it to seem like cameras are going backstage and you're catching these people, you know, in a backstage environment. You know, somebody busts into an office and all that. Everything is so produced now and everything is so slick. And uh, I, I hate the production. Um, I, you know, everyone complains about the, the camera cuts and everything. That's a pain, too. But it's, everything's just too damn sleek. And AEW yeah. feels grimy and dirty and unpredictable in a way where... I don't know. Backstages feel better. Everything in terms of like match presentation and commentary and everything feels better. Like commentary is, is a rough spot right now too. Cause it's just like everyone has such strict parameters on what they can say and everything you hear about Vince being in everyone's ear is hundred percent true. And you know, so you've just got uh, stuff like, Oh, the new vicious Viking Raiders. You have to say that every time they're the new vicious Viking Raiders. Seth freaking Rollins is now his government name. You know, it's like just all that stuff. It all sounds the same versus like, the opposite is like an AEW Dark or something, seeing like Excalibur sure. and Taz and them just like talking oh, and joking yeah. around. And it makes it a million times better to watch because it's hilarious, I, you know? I feel like I know Corey Graves and I know Michael Cole, and then there's about six other voices in there that just sound identical to me every single pay-per-view. 
Yeah. But who's the, who's the podcaster that was on the la- at the end of the last uh, um, pay per view that did Pat, a really good job? Pat McAfee. Yeah. Pat, Pat, oh, Pat McAfee. Oh, that's great. great as well. Oh, yeah. He's I like Pat, Pat, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. I'm like, is it because so again, I'm coming in pretty fresh, not knowing uh, the ins and outs of the commentary, but knowing that I've been bored by the commentary in the past. And then Pat's talking. And I'm like, this is really good. What's yeah. like, what's happening? Like, they, they bring in a whole new crew. Here's the reason Pat's great. Because yeah. WWE needs him more than he needs WWE. Mm, so he knows yeah. he can say whatever the hell he wants. So he can Very not cool. listen to Vince and he can just be himself, which means he can be like, like there are a lot of people that are extremely entertaining. And if they were just let off the leash, they could be more like a McAfee, you know, yeah. but everyone else is just like, okay, got to do what Vince says. Got to say things a certain way. McAfee so I thought Vince McMahon was going to prison. Why is he still in charge of everything? <sighs> I don't know if we're equipped to talk about that right now. Um, I just He's wanted... still very much doing the things he did. He's just not, okay. not going to hear him for two seconds garbling into an investor call. Uh, I was that's told about Stephanie's in charge. What? Stephanie mm. is the interim CEO, but like creative and everything. Yes, that's certainly. Your timing on exiting that company, Dan, was immaculate. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was on, I felt like it was on fire the whole time I was there. And I think like once I left, I feel like it started exploding. Like, like some fireworks got hit and it's just like detonating now. Yeah. Oh man. It's you know, just... uh, God, speaking, you know, I, I, I have it here that we're going to go through the forbidden door card and, and money in the bank and stuff. But like, there's been a couple big news events that have happened in wrestling, like CM Punk coming back, Cody jumping ship back to WWE. Like, I was how has that like affected y'all as wrestling fans? Because I, I I cried when CM Punk came back because <laughs> for the longest time, like what was it, nine years, seven years? Like seven. I, seven. I just did not think this man was coming back. I thought that all of his love for wrestling got killed away and just how they treated him, his wife. Um but then when he came back and they fucking had the static, I was I just lost my shit. And then he he's had a pretty good run, you know. Yeah. That uh, maybe he should stay away from the buckshot lariats, but other than that, uh, everything else has been fantastic. I just, it's just really hard to hate him, and then just the to be the heel. Was a highlight. Yeah, the MJF stuff was a highlight of the last couple of years, like the Punk MJF storyline. Yeah. Like that was, and like I'm not even an old Ring of Honor guy, but you know I know enough about like I understood what that entrance meant and everything, even if I wasn't watching back then. Uh, <sighs> and like just what a masterfully told told story, like that MJF promo. They got really serious, and it's like, how are we supposed to boo this man after this? Oh, the and then one he turns the bullying. Yeah. Oh my God, the bullying thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the rolls of quarters being thrown at him. So brilliant good. yeah I, dude seriously if i'm starting a wrestling company if, if i suddenly had tony khan money and i was starting my own wrestling company today number one guy i'm going after is mjf between the I, age and where he's at with everything right. like he's the dude dan i got i gotta know and the whole mgf stuff now is it a work is it a shoot what's going on what are we thinking now I, the fact that they gave him that microphone he came out he cut that long promo there's no way that this it's is a very well real. done worked shoot i mean it, i think it stemmed from some real things sure uh but it's definitely you remember when punk the whole summer of punk and like 2011 thing happened he did the pipe bomb and everything and they really like hot shot of that thing and made him come back way too quick you know yeah. when they should have had him like showing up on indie shows with the belt for so long and everything and then he just came back and challenged john cena i feel like this is them doing that right i feel like they are having him do his little pipe bomb thing the tony you fucking mark thing and then commentary doesn't bring it up he gets taken off all the promotional stuff nobody talks about him he goes dark on social i feel like this is kind of how that should have gone like i don't know what this leads to, I mean, maybe, you know, Punk wins right. the title once he comes back, you know, the, he unifies it with Moxley or whatever. And then, I mean, it seems like MJF coming back 
as a face against a heel punk, like company man punk is kind oh. of the way to go. Because you're not going to see MJF for, you know, please, Tony Khan, don't ever wrestle. Okay. What if we put the strap on him? <laughs> yeah, I don't ever need to see Tony Khan in the ring. Please, right, that's my, no. That's what my whole like concern about it is what? How does this turn into a wrestling feud? Because right now it's, it's all intrigue. Yeah, mm. that would make sense because there's already the history with MJF and Punk, and it's for the title. It's better, and I think a heel Punk is always more engaging than a babyface Punk. So right. if Punk becomes the like Mister like I love w- I love AEW and I love Tony Khan company man, mm. uh, and and again, we don't need Tony Khan as the evil authority figure. We've mm-hmm. seen that a million times. Let Punk be the corporate stooge and let MJF be the like, you know. Well, do you remember the there was that one line? I, I I kind of had some problems with like how they built up to the Hangman Punk storyline just because I feel like we didn't get too much of a storyline. But there was that one beautiful line that Hangman had where he's like, I want to protect AEW ah, from you. So good. Yep. I hope that moving forward we get to see what Hangman meant by that. And, like, I think there's so many ways you could take that, you know? I think they they are good at hinting about things that are very... I think you saw it with Eddie and Punk as well. Totally. Like, look, Punk Punk has a I, that was, that, I thought that was, like, the best match of last year, nearly. Like, I love that match Kingston so much. And Punk or? Kingston and Punk. I, I oh, just, when he just, I like, thought, knocked him out. The emotion of crap. that match. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I, I just want to say how awesome it is to see Eddie Kingston on fucking cable yeah, television. You know, because <laughs> he's like, the most believable character in wrestling. Yes, when he totally. comes on, him just walking to the ring is more compelling than anything I see on a three-hour run, yeah. typically. Got just it. the look on his face, the way he, like, I just can't wait. Whenever, whenever I see he has a microphone in his hand, I'm just like, ooh, here we go. Yeah. Like, dude, that guy's been killing it for so long, and now for him to be on this stage having these, like, super high-profile feuds with CM Punk and Chris Jericho and stuff. I know. He is He's amazing. What I, I, what I love about Eddie is like he's able to do it in these little moments as well. Like there was this bit where it was him and Moxley feuding with uh, Max Caster and the other guy. I, I can't remember, but um, uh, everybody oh, loves the acclaimed. Owned. Yeah, the acclaimed. And um, Moxley's like, okay, so they're so they're like a group of rappers. And then um, uh, King, Kingston just fires back. No, one's the rapper and one's the rapper's friend. Anthony and it, that was it, and it was so weird and funny. You know? <laughs> it's so maybe the hardest I laughed during like the pandemic era of wrestling is when um, uh, Bowen, the acclaim came out, and Max Caster did the thing about like Renee giving me some oral sessions or whatever, and it cuts to Mox, and you just see this look of, like I'm gonna kill this motherfucker, and then Bowen comes in, and he's like, he's like, I forgot what he yelled. He's like, oh, you know, Tampa Bay, and in the middle of it, Moxley just punches him right in the fucking face. Killed <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah, Bowen's is so good at like the the local pop of like wherever yes. you're at and then just like the way his his cheeks just after yes. he yells scissor me daddy um and then daddy the ass, ass boy oh, is just so geez, fucking funny yeah uh, like just scissor me ass daddy's the funniest thing <laughs> oh like, my god this is what billy gunn is doing in 2022 and i love it also <laughs> billy gunn probably the best shape out of any of his contemporaries oh yeah yeah totally yes it's like uh, six eight and jacked Yep, not six eight, but it looks like it. Six, probably sixty eight, or uh, well, maybe not sixty eight. What'd y'all think about the Cody switch? I, I honestly kind of like soured on Cody at the end of his near the end of his AEW time, but like when he switched over to WWE, it was like, wow, this works. This a hundred percent works. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that character of just that white meat baby face with like no irony, like that works with the more kind of mainstream kid friendly, like kids fucking love Cody. They like, do. Like, yeah. like it's super working and like him doing that stunt like he did with the Hell in a Cell thing. Like, like his whole thing is working. If he comes back, surprise return in the Rumble goes after. Well, we'll see if Roman's still champ then. But like the Cody thing, he is the top baby face in that company without a doubt. And it I think works. a lot of people wondered if that would work. Um, oh God, I was there in the arena. I was working there when, uh, you know, he came out and the music and everything. I went out to experience it like in the arena. And I was like, this is one of the most surreal things I've ever seen in wrestling. Like the whole presentation with the theme and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just nuts. Uh, it, it worked. He, that dude got me to like that. Theme. He got me to like that theme. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always loved it. It's been on my running playlist for way too long. <laughs> it's, it's adrenaline. A- Am I so? Keep going, Mike. Finish something, it. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> wow, voice of an angel. Jeez, damn, yeah. Mike. I didn't know you had pipes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, whole thing was, that whole thing was so weird for me because, again, I was like a, a part of that whole AEW thing from the beginning. I, I was at All In in Chicago when that happened. So, you know, par- I guess part of it was me getting worked and really buying into the whole Cody, the face of the revolution coming out the sledgehammer, smashing the throne. Oh. Right. <laughs> and you know, and it, it being like being almost Mr. AEW. So, and again, it's all, it's all business. And I understand that, but it was real weird for me for a while to be like, Cody can leave. He's allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. He, he can go to WWE. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was bizarre for me for a while and I had conflicted feelings about it, but I've been really happy seeing him succeed there and it seems like he's getting everything he wants and good for him yeah i'm bummed because one of the last podcasts i did while i was at WWE was we had um cody come on the Corey graves show mm. and i you know i've known uh, cody for a while and i know he's obviously a huge zelda mark and everything so i put yeah. together a 16 zelda game bracket for him to determine like lightning round like pick the best zelda game but we didn't have time for it so I texted him afterwards, be like, "Oh man, I was gonna you know go through this with you." And he saw the bracket and he called the uh, Oracle Games Enhancement Talent. Wow! <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I would like to get oh. that on air, but yeah, carrying the Oracle Games. I know. Jesus. Wow! I mean, but in the grand scheme of things, outside of like Spirit Tracks and Two, I mean, they're near the bottom half of that list for sure. Oh, maybe, okay. Maybe they're yeah, in the middle probably. of the list. Maybe they're middling. Uh, I mean, we can all agree that we're all just like Stone Cold and we're all Breath of the Wild guys, right? That's right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Number one Breath of the Wild fan. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's talk about the, the, the two big wrestling events. Try not to derail this podcast. But <laughs> but continue. Continue. We're not talking about Spirit Tracks anymore. We, we could take it off the rails <laughs> at any point. Mitch, uh, settle down. So uh, I'll, I'll just name the matches as they go along. And if uh, there, there are moments we want to talk about or whatever, uh, by all means, stop me and we'll talk about them. Otherwise, maybe just get, get a good like pulse check of like, you like it? Don't like it? Who is in this match? What? Uh, all right. First up on the Forbidden Door card. We're also skipping the pre-show stuff. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society wins over the team of Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shoto, uh, Shota Umino. Uh, any thoughts on this, gents? Like Shota, I liked when he was uh, John Moxley's like apprentice. Ah, his young line, it was great. I, yeah, I didn't realize shooter. it was the same same dude at first, and was like, "Wow, you have beefed up." <laughs> he should be it's, wearing red shoes though, because he's famous New Japan referee Red Shoes' son. He should be leaning into that. That's he's he's Red Shoes' son. Mm-hmm. I would wear nothing but red shoes if he was. I would he was just my be dad. a red shoe. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, I, uh, go ahead, Dan. 
Oh, I was gonna say, I feel like this is kind of like, you know, AEW, one of the things that kind of bugs me is that there's just, since the roster is so huge and there's a limited, you know, airtime, that there's so many just like six-man tags and ten-man tags where it's just like, here's some kind of loosely thrown together groups and stuff like that. And the factions, like, I think the worst was like the Hardy family office thing where it's like, oh, here's just God, eight God. people we don't know what to do with and they'll stand together. Um, like, this is like, like it's Jericho and Sammy, which okay, they're kind of aligned again. And then Suzuki, like why? I don't really understand why Suzuki's with them. Suzuki loves Eddie magic. Wheeler Dan. and Shota. It's just kind of like I, I kind of <laughs> need more of a like. I love a good match just for a good match's sake, but right. also if there's some sort of like like look at like blood and guts. Like you know, you've got Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool, and there's a story there, there's a reason they hate each other. There's stories, there's individual stories within the group story and stuff like that. Like that's awesome. Yeah. This is to me, it's kind of like, okay, it's a bunch of good wrestlers wrestling each other, which is great, but it, it lacks something for me, you know. It feels Very like awesome. one of those New Japan undercard matches where it's like just a lot of chaos and a lot of Suzuki gun and they just kind of go at it and it's like the story isn't super progressed after the match is done even if the match itself is quite entertaining which this was I thought like it was a good yeah. match but I, I would agree with Dan there it, it's like a classic New Japan undercard match where because they do a lot of just multi-tag man matches yeah. to get everybody on the card so I guess being a you know cross-promotional thing with them it made a lot of sense yeah that that's way. true uh, I do want to shout out Wheeler Yuta because his rise to the the top with with a black Blackpool Combat Club, right? Yeah, he's That's, been fun to watch. Yeah, he's been yeah. great, and yeah. I think that is an example of like AEW's ability to build new faces, and you know, the sustainability with some of those stars has has kind of been a problem because people will rise to the top and then disappear for half a year. Uh, yeah, and that faction in particular, because like if you don't have some sort of younger talent in there, then you've got Regal, Mox, Danielson, and Claudio, which is no, like, Claudio, okay, yeah. they're all fucking awesome, but Great. they're all XMR, you guys, you know? Yeah. I think some of the stuff they're doing with the Blackpool Combat Club, like, you know the way how everyone who joins the Blackpool Combat Club starts using that hammer and tongs oh, move? So good. I, stuff like that makes them feel so like a community, like, so like this little group, and I love mm -hmm. that because I hate, I, I hate it in factions when it's just like, we just put these guys together, and like, that's yeah. what you were saying earlier about the, the uh, Hardy family and stuff, like, it was yeah. like, there wasn't really a sense that they wanted to be together, and even if they're heels, I feel like, you know, it should be like, there should be a sense that like, oh, there's a reason we're together, like, the best days of the inner circle, I felt, felt like that, they were a community, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and they made the inner circle work, but I mean, I feel like that was that very first dynamite. Remember, ended with the formation, and I remember even at the end of that being like, ah, "Why are these five guys together? This is yeah. kind of weird." But like, they made it work. You know, they stuck around for a long time and had a lot of great moments. But like, I feel like there are so many examples of like, here's a bunch of people thrown together. Yeah, like and yeah. again, I bring up like the Hardy family family office is the worst thing. But like, what was the? Uh, oh yeah, I guess it's them too. The the two the, the, the green guys and and Helico and Jack Evans. Oh, like, oh I heard yeah. Times during like yeah, but they were part of. Of like that Hardy family office too yeah. where it's like you wouldn't even know who was in or who was out half the time or why yeah uh moving down the card I think this is my favorite match of Forbidden Door we got FTR winning against Rapongi Vice in United Empire let me tell you Jeff Cobb is like if Rhino could move and like be a power lifter I just oh, need yeah. a team I've of like. The face. I've slapped that man in the face with no fear several times. He's such a <laughs> thick boy. He is a meaty and man. You, you can't. You can't just lie on the podcast. <laughs> I have. I have a video of me slapping Jeff Cobb in the face and testing I, his hair and mocking him. And then he didn't Jan, kill Jan, me. we can we can cut all this bit out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know we're live, but we'll cut it out. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I was not really sold on FTR during their WWE run. Like people kept oh, hyping man, them up no. as like they were so great. 
It's like they're they're the greatest tag team blah blah blah. I'm like, mm, I get it uh, Sure, or whatever, but then like their transition to AEW, and especially with this current run they're on with all the belts the just theme like song. Ah, The theme, theme song, song is great theme song is great but like, Jesus Christ, like, this is like a tag team ass tag yep. team. These people yeah. are more than drift compatible. It, it's it's crazy to me because it was like four or five months ago that there was some story where someone asked uh, Dax, like, how he felt about his run in AEW. And he was just like, not satisfied. Like, yeah. he, he gave some dismissive and like the run, like both of them, but like particularly him and had and like the, the Briscoes. And oh, man, Dan, oh. or sorry, John, real quick. I just wanted to say just if if you like Jeff Cobb, if you haven't watched that Jeff Cobb versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii yes. match from Wrestle Kingdom. Oh. oh, it's like two. It's like two skyscrapers beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> man. Anyway, that's an aside. Yeah, FTR man, they had such a great year. And when Dan Housen introduced him as his mystery partner, oh yeah, like, that, that was like I think they're like, kind oh. of good at wrestling. I guess yeah. like whatever <laughs> the that they got. I'm like, oh man, like not only are they great, and they're not just like kind of over. They're big stars there now. Like yeah. this has been kind of a meteor meteoric face turn for them. It's been great. Oh God, when Dax came back uh afterwards and he's all taped up now and then he just like oh. just walking down like a strong man like he felt like such a bigger star than he had ever felt before like his singles matches that he's had over the past couple months have also been really really impressive and i was like damn like i didn't know you had this in you i thought you were just a tag team dude um also, i want to shout him out for uh talking uh pretty explicitly about his experiences with anxiety on renee's podcast like between him and eddie kingston and stuff like writing that uh the thing about his mental yes, issues yes. and stuff I, I i'm a big big fan of any time you know pro professional wrestlers and these very traditional like tough guys like, and fucking eddie kingston for christ's sake you know being very open about uh you know mental health and things like that so just i want i hope that trend keeps going yeah 100 percent. super cool uh next match we got pack winning uh, another title that AEW didn't need against Miro, <laughs> Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. Thoughts on this, gents? I just like that Surprise. Pac has a title. Same. Yeah. Like, I I, I'm okay with this in. title existing because Pac has it now. Yeah. He's coming to go. Ireland soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a trios title when they showed that uh, vignette. It was, like, was really yeah. happening. Me too. Yeah. I don't know how we don't have that of all the ones. Yeah, you know, Pac's been there kind of on, in AEW from the ground floor and it feels like he's kind of Gotten the short end of the stick a lot of times, so it was really nice uh, seeing him win this one. And I hope that he has a good and interesting run with it pretty soon. Because Pat can have good matches with, it seems like, just about anybody, right? He had right. The, the first big singles match against Orange Cassidy, yeah. and that was great. And that's like such a, a weird match for anybody, right? Especially where he was then as this mostly just comedy wrestler. You're trying to get him over as super athletic and introduce him to this audience. But then he's also great. These trios it it should have been like a man. Styles clash with Orange Cassidy, yeah. but it, it worked so yeah. well, I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, that match at uh, Double or Nothing between the Death Triangle and uh, House of Black, holy <sighs> shit, that was incredible. Some of the best trios uh, competition I've ever seen, honestly. It reminded me of like uh, the good days of the Shield versus the Wyatt family, of just like oh, yeah. a bunch of more spry people against like bigger, meatier boys. Um, we saw Miro got misted by Malachi Black. Do you, does mm -hmm. that uh, factor into a story further down the line, or is Miro going to continue? Satan now. <laughs> is he? <laughs> is he finally turned against God? I feel like pe what? have people gotten misted with the black mist and not turned like because Pack got misted and he just went blind for like yes. a day, yeah. right? 
Yeah. It I usually has like turned evil. Cody dyed his hair. Or no, was that against that, that was Brody, was it? Yeah. No, uh, Malachi and Cody had some stuff going on. Did he get misted? What, what, I'm just was trying to remember at which point he's, he's been misted. I think, before, no, yeah. I think I think Cody. Well, he dyed his hair with completely. Brody. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a certain color of mist where if you get hit, you just go to WWE. <laughs> 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 it works better. Uh, Miro's yeah. another dude that is like a complete 180. Like I, I loved seeing Miro in WWE, but now he feels like. That's like a fucking million bucks. That's a future world champion right there. I, I, I just, I, I'm still mad that, that they took the TNT title off him the way they did. I felt like he, yeah. I felt like that title has just, and like, I love Scorpio Sky. I feel like that title just kind of fell down a cliff, like, well, yeah. since he War, lost Warlow's it. about to throw him off a cliff like Heihachi soon. Okay. Warlow is on a collision course with him and he's going to murder Scorpio Sky. I need Warlow. Warlow. Up, right? Well, yeah, Wardlow is the fucking oh, best. My God. I love that oh, dude. Jesus. Yeah, I'm a crap the rocket to him. I'm a big Cleveland, Ohio. Jeff, represent. <laughs> yeah, I fucking <laughs> love Batista, and I see nothing but like new Batista all over Wardlow. It, it's been absolutely mm -hmm. fucking fantastic. Uh, next match on the card, we got uh, which might have the best call of the night by Taz. Uh, we got dudes with attitudes, which is Darby Allen, Sting. And uh, Shingo versus the Bullet Club, compromising of the Young Bucks and Fan and El Fantasmo. Um, I got to tell you, when I first heard of El Fantasmo, I was really surprised he was a white dude. And not <laughs> masked. Too. You're right. Yeah, yes. didn't like in the, in the promo images he had the mask, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I had, I don't watch a lot of New Japan, so when this guy was in the ring, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then yeah. I was actually like cracking up at this guy a lot. I was like, "I think I like this El Fantasmo guy. He's, he's really good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's like the Bucks. Like if they he instead of." Well, he's also really good, but he's like the Bucks if he just turned up the annoying rate more uh, and just yes. didn't have sneakers. Yeah. Wasn't it him with the, the, the nipple spots with yes. Sting? Yes. Can you yeah. imagine? Like, he, he can retire now and just say and have a <laughs> Hall of Fame career just because he did a titty twister to the icon Sting. Which oh, I was signing those glossies at every convention, him just with the nipple twist on Sting. Yeah, right. I don't general, know how. I, oh, I always ahead, respected man. Sting a lot. Like, obviously, he's he's a legend and everything. But like, yeah. I was just never a same. big Sting I, guy. I am Either in the same Super boat. Sting. Yeah, yeah. Until he shows up at sixty and starts jumping off of shit in AEW. Now I'm like, holy yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. That's I love the first yes, thing he did this great. match. Right, that was his entrance. Yes, he, he, jumped, he jumped off the stage onto them like he, Sting. Oh my god! A, they had like a Batman style silhouette. And then, like, everyone turns around, and this 60-year-old man jumps off the tunnel to uh, onto these dudes. Grub, I need to, like, you were familiar with Sting in the past, right? Uh, yeah, so so when I got into wrestling as a kid, it was, you know, as a teenager, it was, oh, man, I, I have this weird loyalty to, to Hulk going to WCW. I got to just see this, and I didn't, like, okay, I actually don't care about Hulk. But then, right then, Sting started doing his mysterious stuff, and I got Ooh. so into Sting. Sting Hell is yeah. my favorite wrestler. So, oh, yeah. shit. So how was awesome. it to yeah. see... Sting in his older age actually like putting in really good work. It's fantastic that he, I mean, he's so good at like, like adapting over time, right? Like he, he changes, he's changed so many times and now he knows how to play his role so well. It's awesome. Just see him do his spots and make them very exciting and then get out of the way. Like he just knows exactly how to like where he should be at 60. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the first cinematic match came out in WWE, everyone was thinking like, Oh, sting and taker. They could finally have a match. Uh, but man, I, for the rest of my life, I would really prefer to never see The Undertaker in another match again. 
Um, <laughs> I oh god, he's really soured who me on his thing, legacy. Who are in W? It was uh, Seth Rollins or who uh, gave him the I neck think injury. His last match in yeah. WWE was against Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Power bomb into the yeah. corner. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, I love both of these competitors, but uh, this match didn't really wow me. We have uh, the women's title up grabs with Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Yeah, I I, oh, I love both of them. I I do find that Tony Storm. I am always very excited for her matches, and then a lot of times I'm not like, oh, that match sucks, but it, they don't really stick with me a lot of times. And maybe I didn't see a lot of her stuff in Japan or whatever. But like, I feel like there's a lot to Tony Storm that I haven't quite seen yet in mm-hmm. AEW. You know. I gotta say, I actually really, really like this match, and for a couple of reasons. One, like, um, I like that it was, like, a clean match that just let the champ feel like a champ. Like, yeah. Thunder Rosa beat the shit out of her for most of this match, you know? Yeah. And then, like, um, Tony Storm got, like, her shine at the end. But, like, I, I thought it was a very kind of stardom-esque match where it was, like, there was this, like, big power difference between the, the two wrestlers that they really made apparent. And I'd actually... I was kind of like that with Tony Storm for a long time. I'd seen a little bit of her stuff in stardom stuff, but I wasn't really sold on her. This match actually kind of had me a bit, like... Oh, there's 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 totally something to this Tony Storm. Like mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm really excited to see like her develop from here because I think like I could be wrong. I think she's also super young. Like I think she's still yeah, I think she is yeah. she's still very much like developing, and I think like she has a really great career ahead of her. Yeah. Could have used the storyline, but I feel like yeah, right. That's sure. a well, bigger systemic have. problem with like women's wrestling in AEW. Yeah, it looks like now they might be. I don't know how permanent this is, but I saw they were advertised for like dark or something as Thunderstorm, the tag yeah. team. Oh, that's Thunder good. Rose and Tony Storm, which it, okay. it is good. It works, but it, I do have kind of a knee jerk reaction whenever like WWE would shove two people together and it's like, mm. now they're Jarrah show or it's Air <laughs> Boom. And it's just the theme is just like, let's just shove both their themes together as long as they don't. Oh, do I that. hate when they do that. Yeah, yeah. It's the dumbest thing. Uh, yeah. The Jarrah show theme was great. All timer. Oh, I didn't know what you're talking God. about, Dad. <laughs> We're gonna break the walls down. <laughs> 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 like this be Steve, that every once in a while you hear in the background like break <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I don't know what's next for Thunder after this. Uh, like, who who does she move on to on that roster? Do they I the number one contender? I don't know. They haven't been doing much storyline. Proper story. Hater story. Yeah, I just need a hater to finally turn on. What's her face? Yes. yes, on, on Brit. I need that to finally happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. they could build up Serena Deeb. Oh, Serena Deeb. Oh, my God. She is, like, yep. absolutely fantastic. I, I Total package. Just 100%. everything. Yeah. They just, I think they just need to give her more mic time or just give her a manager. Someone to speak for her sure. and she'll just snap. Put, just put her in the, the Blackpool Combat Club. Just have Regal do her promos. Yeah. They do need a yep. woman in there, I, it feels like, right? Like, yeah. we're getting such a good rub from that and there are so many women who need just like a little bit more extra to kind of help elevate them. She'd be yeah. perfect. Like, her whole, like, pr- like professor of wrestling gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, next match on the card, probably one of the, the, the funnest matches, we have Will Ospreay Versus Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay taking that. Uh, hmm. I was not the biggest fan of Will Ospreay for a while because of his 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 little assholery a couple of years ago. Just him yes. being mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. just a little bit of a smart mouth, but he's really grown into his own and uh, really just leaned into the role he has to fill perfectly. That jacket, ten thousand dollar jacket, walk into the <laughs> ring. Oh, 
the, the whole package is like I first became aware of him. Remember that one uh, match with uh, Ricochet that went viral? Yes. Was it him and Ricochet where it was just like it got a lot of flack from the old school guys where it's just a bunch of choreographed dance moves and flipping and stuff like that. But it was undeniably amazing. Mm-hmm. I since, Again, I, I haven't watched a lot of like New Japan or British Pro Wrestling or anything like that. I just kind of for the longest time thought Osprey was like a Ricochet type where he's like physically oh, capable of sure. incredible things. But that's about where it ends. But like the more I've seen of him in the last year or so, just in clips I've seen on social and especially in this match, it's like, oh, he has found a character and he can still do really incredible yeah. things in the ring. But he seems to have like slowed it down and done a lot of character work. And uh, yeah, I, I was pretty into it here. Yeah. So about, my t- go ahead. sorry, you go ahead. Oh, well, no, I insist. I must insist. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. Wolf. This was my favorite match of the night, I think, just because I do really like when matches have that strong character work and. Like Orange Cassidy obviously was doing so much of it, and it, it was so entertaining that whole time. Plus, we had Shibata show up at the end, and that oh. was great. Yeah, right. Yep. That was that fun. guy should be dead. I know <laughs> he's here and he's making me smile, and I and I love it. But yeah, just, just a really fun match. And Osprey is somebody who I when I first started watching New Japan, he was just pure, you know, uh, a you know cruiserweight uh mm-hmm. flippity do guy which was great i like that stuff but he has done a really smart job of transitioning into this this heavyweight with a slightly more grounded style who can still do these these moves but dan like you were talking about at first he was like mr flippity do and it was great it turns out you can't wrestle like that forever though so he's, he has kind of grown into a more mature wrestler even though sometimes yeah his online presence is, is slightly obnoxious and it's hard to tell when it's character work and when it's just maybe this guy sucks i don't know yeah can, yeah. can I ask uh, where uh, just this is me being like, OK, just kind of half paying attention. Please. Uh, I think Orange Cassidy is fantastic. Should oh, yeah. I have like low expectations for his ability to like rise up the, the card or something because he's perceived uh, so comedically? I think he's um, a wrestler who would never succeed in a more traditional federation like sure. WWE or something. I, I mean, it, it, he's. He's so over, and people love yeah, him I love so him. much. I, I, I could, I could totally, totally see him being a champion at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also like feel like type storyline. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like he fits that role of like he is. He is going to have a great career as someone that may not have ever needed a title, right? Yeah, like, yeah. right. That's why I'm like, 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 should I just be that way, way with him? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not gonna be like a Santino Morella comedy wrestler where it's like, well, of course, he's never gonna be world heavyweight champion, right? And he's been in a world heavyweight championship uh, matches before, even though he's never right. been favorite to win. But he's somebody who, you know, if, if they fall short some hands for some reason because of injuries, which we've been seeing sure. a lot of, they can slot him in there pretty easily because everybody loves him. Now, that's part of the it's, problem is everybody already loves him. What does he need a title for? But right. right. They could do he's got it. the theme. He's got Jane back. Yeah, old indie yeah. theme, which yes. is oh, as that's good right. as the yeah. Pixies were. Like, keep the Pixies as like the best friends or Chuck Taylor, or whatever. Have them come mm-hmm. out to Jane though when it's just OC. Like, that's a great fucking theme. Uh, all right, moving down the card, we have the biggest surprise of the night: Claudio mm-hmm. Castagnoli uh, coming out and debuting against Zack Saber Jr. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. It was. I was very was, happy with that. I was so happy to we, have Claudio get that pop. Oh, oh man. So when I left WWE and knowing I was going to talk more about wrestling on stuff like this, I vowed that like, I'm not going to go be sour grapes guy and, and shit on anyone except for Hulk Hogan. I can shit on Hulk Hogan all day. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> but I have no problem talking about like just saints that are just, you know, when I talk about like Big E or Bianca Belair, Claudio, 
he is just the best dude. Everything you hear about that guy, everyone loves him. He's the nicest dude to work with, whether you're just a crew guy or or the, the top guy on the card. I'm so, the pop he got and seeing how happy he was. He's on Twitch again. Follow him on Cla- Claudio's Cafe on Twitch. He's just, he's the absolute <laughs> best. So just seeing him, I, I had a feeling this was going to be the case, uh, but God damn it, I was just smiling that whole time. Yeah, nice. He rules. Uh, it's great seeing him get those flowers. A hundred percent. I'm all, also was really surprised by Zack Sabre Jr. Because I remember my first exposure to him was during the Cruiserweight Classic back at uh, WWE. And he was just very like, oh, I'm very flexible and I'm very bendy. Uh, but now that guy's promo work is absolutely fantastic. He plays chicken shit so, so well. Um, any other fantastic. thoughts on that match, gents? No, I, just Zack Sabre Jr. is, is incredible. Uh, it, it, it's so nice seeing somebody who re- is so heavily a submission-based mm-hmm. wrestler. It's, it's something of a rarity. And he still makes it exciting, right? You yeah. know, usually when we think about exciting wrestling, we think about our high spots or you know, doing a lot of flips, doing a lot of... Think like, for yourself, I think of Dean Malenko. That's who I think <laughs> of. <it's laughs> but yeah, Zach, Zach is just fantastic at making submission wrestling really exciting yep. and really interesting. What? Yeah, it was almost like a... And, yeah, it's as much as I wanted to see the the Brian Danielson match. I, you know, Claudio obviously did a great job, but it really showcased you know him as like a powerhouse wrestler. You know, when he he uh, Zach had him in, in a armbar, and Claudio just like lifted him up, oh, put him on his shoulder, yeah. walked up to the ring, wiped his feet, <laughs> and then threw him <laughs> in. It was yeah. amazing. Oh man, that yeah, that that guy's level of strength is insane. Yep. Um. Next match, we got Jay White winning against Okada, uh, Hangman, and Adam Cole, baby. I I think this match had to end a little bit shorter. They had to call an audible because of an injury that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This had Cole got a concussion, right? I think so. I think Okada. Pretty bad one from what I hear. Yeah. 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 It's a a shame because it was a a really you know, good matchup until then. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, like, obviously, all you can think about is what's happened, your concern, what went wrong. So it kind of overshadowed everything that happened before it. Yeah, I'm glad they called the, uh, the announcers they during that were saying stuff like, "Oh, it was uh, anticlimactic and stuff." Is that usually how they try to play that stuff off, or was it like, how, like how do you play that stuff off? Not when usually, you're, you usually don't hear the announcers themselves call the ending of a match anticlimactic, which when I, was when I was realized, oh, something weird happened here. Yeah, it's crazy because yeah, they they didn't even do that when like the exploding ring thing didn't work. Like they, <laughs> right. they didn't. You know, AEW, the, the announcers can do so much more, but like that was the right. big ending was the exploding ring and they had to just kind of be like, oh, they're hurt. Whereas with this, <laughs> they actually addressed it, which I actually prefer them. Yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It felt like the way I, that's what I always liked about WCW. It just felt like they were trying to be like sports. And it's like this, like, yeah, something's happening in front of our faces. Just talk about it. I, I like yep. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I, I got to say, it was amazing just to see Okada. Oh like in an AEW ring, like one of my all time, all time favorites. And I'm still holding out for the dream match of him versus um, Danielson. Like that's oh, it has when I come. thought that's where we were going. But I get it. But, you know, we'll see. But um, it was just amazing to see him like, yeah, he's he's, he's incredible. The, he's the coin drop and then just like, oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. He's so good at wrestling. It rains money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then final match of Forbidden Door. We got John Moxley winning as interim AEW champ against Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan. I got to say, for I I was watching this with my partner, and she's not familiar with all at all with New Japan. She has tangential knowledge just because I have it on in the background. She was like, 
This this Japanese dude, he's really good. I like him. How <laughs> how to do that? I was just like, he just has this latent ability to just get to just draw the crowd in. He has like good Goku energy, except not being so much of a dummy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I keep thinking, oh, Tanashi's too old now. He can't actually do this anymore. I have low expectations for his match at this thing. He comes out and he's still just great. Yeah. He's still just fantastic. He's still keeping up. He's still looking like a star and making his opponent look like a star. I could do really with for Mox too, because you yeah. tell Mox was just kind of like marking out of the yeah. opportunity to yeah. do that. I could do with Mox not bleeding for a couple matches. Uh, it's my <laughs> personal preference. <laughs> tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that was Forbidden Door, folks. Any, any last thoughts on that before we move on? Read Mox's book. For a show that was so, like, plagued with injuries and stuff, I was not excited going into it. I came out of it, like, not being happy about Forbidden Door, but being, like, feeling good about, like, wrestling. Like, feeling like, yeah, wrestling! Like, I I was so pumped after it, and I I thought it was such a great show. Such an unexpectedly great show. Mm -hmm. What's the Forbidden Door? So do we ever find out what that is? So but the, oh, it, yeah, it means, the back one. Yeah. So it's like, you know, oh, well, at first when all those guys left New Japan, like uh, the elite, there was bad blood. So it's like, oh, we're not going to have people from New Japan. So uh, I think it was okay. Tanahashi who coined like, oh, that's a forbidden door to talk about AEW. Oh, very cool. Japan. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Into it. So anytime like somebody right. from New Japan showed up like, oh, the forbidden doors open and now it's just a paper. Cool. How much time do we got left? A catch all for like you know people going to other promotions. Like yes. I think Tony Khan just said something about being open to like a WWE crossover, and people being like, "Oh, that's the real Forbidden Doors, AW and yeah. W." So like Forbidden Doors has become oh. part of the lexicon now. Okay, yeah. the, right. the arcade pit is pretty much our Forbidden Door. Of like, oh my god, is that Imran <laughs> from Fanbite? What's he doing here? We got we we still got some time to talk about wrestling, right? You y'all still got some time? Sure. Right. I'm doing good. Okay, uh, we'll probably speed through Money in the Bank. I just want to quickly touch upon how absolutely insane. And I'm a I'm a person that does not like blood in wrestling, but blood and guts. Jesus, uh, you Christ. mix them together, and man, mm-hmm. that's the combination Magical. you got to go for. Angel, like that what's was his face, Angelo, just hanging. Before yes. the commercial Dude, break, I don't even know those how two that guys are amazing. Matt Menard, anytime he's on the screen, I'm just looking directly at Matt Menard's face and just seeing him just do all his weird twitchy stuff and smacking gum <laughs> and just 80s faces and Macho Man stuff. Like he's, oh my god, I love that guy. Yeah, and Angelo's great too. Just always combing his hair. He's like some greaser now. Like I just fucking love yep. those weirdos. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And then like they get me to the the moment that I really popped for was when Claudio went against Jake Hager in the ring, and then like you just hear the background mm. just chanting, "We the people." Right. I remember, I was like, "Wait, I remember the whole We the People thing." I was like, "What the fuck was it? Were they the real Americans? The the Patriots? What the fuck were they?" Yeah, they, I, I remember this. They had that. They had the, like the the AM radio talk show host guy come out with them with yeah. the beard Zep and Coulter. stuff and, and the party Coulter. thing. Do you remember they did the thing where Glenn Beck was giving yeah. a shit to it? And so they filmed a thing where like Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger went to Glenn Beck's studio or something trying to get some like mainstream and, and like the, the the backdrop came down. It's like, we're actually, my name is Jake Hager. My name is Dutch Mantel or whatever. Like they were like, we're just performers on a show. It was the weirdest wow. attempt at getting some mainstream. <laughs> and you like, trying to talk sense to Glenn Beck. Fucking cr- come yeah, on. Yeah. What are, you, what are we doing here? <laughs> Um, unfortunately, uh, was it Santana that got hurt in that match? Santana got hurt, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Right when he walked oh, in. Like straight away, right? Yeah. 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 Like a yeah. bad Uranagi to the, or a bad backbreaker, I think, landed wrong on his knee. Uh, hope that dude's insane. Or not insane. Hope that dude is safe because Jesus Christ, AEW's 
going through all of their roster and just injuring everyone. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've been pretty. They've been pretty like safe from that for a while now. Like not having major stars getting injuries, and now it's just going like one after another. Especially with Punk being out, the whole interim AEW Championship thing is still yeah. kind of confusing. I don't. I still don't know why they just didn't relinquish the title and crown a new champion. And totally Tony's all in on Punk. Back. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Kenny's still in some like RoboCop chamber, hyperbaric, you know, yes. like, yeah, you know, in the mountains, together, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead first, because mine's a dumb question. I was just going to say, it's so interesting to think like how Omega even fits into the current AEW landscape. Like either I, I'm really, really curious. He was another one. I was heartbroken that we weren't going to get yeah. him versus Bushi four at Forbidden Door. Yeah. That's another thing, like him coming back. It's like it, I felt a little messy with all the the undisputed elite stuff and the Red Dragon, and just like just a lot of like, wait, okay, who likes each other and who doesn't like each other now? And wait, is Cole on whose side? And there's just a lot of backstage vignettes that I, I don't think it ever went anywhere satisfying. You know, mm-hmm. they just had like right. a bunch of dudes, and we know they all had this affiliation with Bullet Club and all that, but now it's tenuous. And I'm, I just feel like that never really paid off. And I don't know if, if Kenny's going to be involved with that, and they bring that back to the forefront. Someone you know? like who loves like the whole bullet club shtick I think like it's been largely unsuccessful in AEW and I'd, I'd nearly rather they kind of just let it go I think that's that's a gimmick that's beautiful in Japan and doesn't really work outside it yeah yeah it, it, it feels like it's going through, through several translation layers right because it's like it started yeah. as like fans of one thing and they're taking it to Japan so it's like it's a completely different place so it's like kind of okay to be like oh we're gonna do the wolf pack thing here, even though we were never that and then it's like oh for, to bring it back around feels weird to yeah. me they were angry yeah. american wrestling fanboys and yeah that's, that's cool. i know it was cool you know yeah that's like a really cool idea but yeah bringing it back around doesn't, doesn't work i just yeah. need to see omega versus everyone i i just yeah. I, I just want him to kind right. of go on a tear and just take all the belts well we gotta I have think omega he's my favorite wrestler ever point. same oh god yeah we need we need him healthy. That's, yes. That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I want him to take as much time yes. as it takes, so that when he comes Please. back, he has. Oh, I mean, he's one of those run. wrestlers where if he was like, guys, I'm actually done. It's like I'll salute that man and be like, best of luck, because like the amount of just like classics he's given given us over the years. Uh, he's done. I don't know if clip of him at CEO on Jabali stream, and he was saying like, hey, if I have one more setback, yeah, in, uh, that recovery, yeah. I'm, I'm just done. I'm done. And it's like, yeah, man, like fair enough. He has nothing left yep. to prove. You know, no. don't oh, put yeah. himself in danger by any means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for being on the E3 couch, by the way. Uh, all career highlight: miking a man in a towel. Um, <laughs> also, I gotta say, I'm a big mark for the fucking Royal Rumble. Any type of uh, rum over the top man battle royale type of deal in any wrestling company. I really enjoyed the Royal Rampage with the two rings. It was real dumb and it was real fun. And to see how that ended with Brody Kingston just fucking holding Darby oh. Allen, choking him out, and dropping him. Oh my god! Oh, like way to make him feel like a monster. Yeah. Like yeah. that was such a good visual. That's going to be on the opening titles thing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Also, okay. like that final three in in I think the red ring of Hangman, Starks, <laughs> Ricky Starks, and Brody Kingston. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, I mean, they've they've flitted in and out with pushing Ricky Starks, but that guy really has it all. I cannot wait. Everything. I cannot wait for that man. To drop the FTW title and get an actual real deal title. Yes. 
Every time he gets a mic, I love it when he's just like up in a box with Hobbs, just you know, yelling. He, oh man, you're right. Ricky Starks has absolutely everything. Love that. Dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that Ricky Starks push is going to happen at some point, I'm, and I'm going to absolutely be here for it. I liked how this was almost a World War Three thing, like they used to do in WCW yeah. with the. Three yes, three. that's what it reminded like me we of. We're, all, we're almost there. Maybe, maybe that's coming. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Brody but, King did look strong. There's a part of me. It's like. Well, now we're going to get this filler feud where Brody King is obviously going to to lose, right? Like he's he's ah, not going. My my bad. I think Folks, we're going Brody to Brody um and then we're going to Malachi versus Moxley. I think is where we might oh. be headed. Okay. Which I like that. I'm all cuz I I Malachi Black's work in AEW. Like I I love spooky wrestlers and I just love everything he's done. I can't believe WWE would not let that man talk the way he talks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, all the writers and everything, they get it and they see the talent. Like he had a lot of fans at WWE that wanted to see him succeed. All it takes though is one person to not see it and not let it happen. Like it's for as much shit as creative gets at WWE, you know, there are definitely people there that have the right idea and they know like, oh hey, we should push this guy or people want to see this guy. But at the end of the day, it's it's one guy making the decision. So unfortunately a lot of people like Malachi. Yeah, who might that be done? (laughs) I I forget the name. I don't remember. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to Money in the Bank 2022. Uh, we can quickly just do pulse checks here. I think the biggest moment here is the women's Money in the Bank. Uh, but we got Bianca Belair going over Carmella, retaining her title. Uh, Bobby Lashley winning the U.S. title over Theory. I can't get over that his name is just Theory still. It is oh. the most egregious example of just getting rid of like one like a person's name, so it's just the, the thing. And it's it, it's the weirdest when it's just a word theory. Yeah, it's a, it's got a bad mouthfeel theory when yeah, you're talking about like theories doing this. Like what 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 are you what are you saying? Yeah, I don't and like we already it. got an Austin pal. Can't have two Austins. People get confused. <laughs> yeah, people are very stupid. You see. <laughs> oh wait, right, this, yeah. this, this wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, 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 this no, is no. A younger guy. This is a guy. <laughs> no, so the, okay, because he did look younger, but his name was all. Uh, I'll look, I can see why I don't mean to hold up the pot. Yeah, <laughs> I think he it was might... just like if they didn't change his name to William Regal when Steve Regal came out, people would think that Steve Regal and Steve Austin were the same guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Not the same guy. I don't know. No, William. William. I, don't, I can never keep track of both stuff. man's man's though. I don't know. I don't know about that. Damn. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, we didn't say at the beginning. I'm not Jeff Bacalar. Sorry, everybody. Oh, I'm not going to see you for Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I know. And it's hard to tell me apart. I get it. Maybe <laughs> Giant Bob yeah. should institute this policy. Maybe all the Jeffs lose their name. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, wanna... we... Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I wanted to shout this match out in particular because it made my son cry. He's a huge oh. Sami Zayn fan. <laughs> and he was just oh. shouting, Zayn, Zayn, Zayn. And yeah. he was good in that match. And he cried at the end of everything. it. I yeah, he was really win. fun. Uh, yeah, That's so, that, so great that your son's a Sami Zayn fan. I, I feel love it. Yeah. That's He's a really six. good sign. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so yes, sign, yeah. because Theory lost the US title, he got injected into the men's money in the bank match, ultimately winning. Why? I. <laughs> Because reasons, Jeff, because a guy in a suit said he was going to do it. Okay. You can really tell when they're behind someone in this company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's that simple. Yeah. They're just behind theory. Okay. Yep. They're pushing him oh, to the when, moon. Rocket strapped when to his ass. to push someone, they, like, I mean, I remember I, I knew a guy who was a writer during, like, the Attitude Era going into the Ruthless Aggression Era. And I guess early on, in the first year or two, Vince told the writers, he said, 
We push Cena the way we pushed Austin. We push Cena the way we pushed Hogan. We push him to the, like, they absolutely will push him to the moon. You saw it happen with Reigns. Yeah. And, like, you know, time will tell if Theory is on that level because, like, Reigns, they, oh, my God, just how many WrestleMania main events and legends yeah. that he can beat clean. And it's all like, I can remember. Yeah. yeah and, and you need the next Reigns, especially with Reigns starting to kind of, like, bring back the schedule a little bit now. Uh, we'll see if it's, if they go that hard with theory, it's too early like, to tell. But like he's you'll talented, know and like yeah. for, for the record, yeah. like his match with Lashley, I actually did think was pretty good. Like I thought it was a good match. But um, I mean, it's early. Like it's very, very early. Like he hasn't even really had like a proper feud or anything, you know? Yeah. But well, this is what this is my thing with the WWE. You were talking about it, Dan, earlier, where it's like it's um everything's so slick and produced. Things happen on on these shows, and I think they're going somewhere. And then the next time I check in, nothing happens with any of it. It feels no. how it always feels to happen with with, with WWE. It, so my, my expectation here would be like next time I check in, I'm not even going to see theory. That's my expectation. Like you, when they want to get past something, it's more something like, "Oh, Finn Balor falls off the top rope randomly and loses the reins, and they never talk about it again." Where they just want to like shove Finn under the rug. Yeah. When they are behind someone, until here's the thing: when Vince gets tired of his new toy, you'll know because they just mm-hmm. won't be doing right, it. Right? Okay. Um. So, but but theory. I mean, the, the fact that theory shared the ring, we took a stunner from Austin at WrestleMania, like that type of thing. In a in a angle with Vince, if Vince is ever in an angle with someone. You know, like Owens, you know, Owens got to headbutt him and splash yeah. him and everything. Theory I mean, theory, being was Vince's protege. Yeah. He found, he found Vince's egg, you know? He found the egg. That was yeah. worth uh, uh, yes. $500 billion mm. or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. yeah. Uh, Grub, uh, Theory, found, there was a scavenger hunt because Vince McMahon Please, yeah. lost a, a golden egg that was worth millions, mm-hmm. if not billions of dollars. And then Theory was the one <laughs> that found it. And then he became his. That shit. Nothing will get WWE executives more excited. I was there for two and a half years. I never heard executives talk about, man, that match was great. Man, can you believe that? But you know how much excitement I heard over, we've got a deal where we're going to have zombies around the ring. It's a cross promotion with Army of the Dead. They're fucking jazzed about that. Oh, we're going to have a Nestle Pure Life Super Super Soaker segment at SummerSlam. Oh, God, Red Notice is going to pay us way too much money to have a fucking egg on the show. That's the shit they love. That is the audience. And for all, that's the thing. All these people are like, I can't believe they don't listen to the audience. The audience clearly wants this or that. They don't give a fuck. The audience is Nestle and Netflix and fucking. I I feel like at any, I I feel like at any point, a SWAT team with WWE logos are going to storm Dan. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm going to read some of these. Well, this is Dan Reichert's name in here. What's going on here? I've already heard they're not happy. And I'm careful not to say anything that's inside information. I think anybody who watches the program can tell some of the things that I'm saying. I can be gleamed. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to yeah, hear Dan. Yeah. I'm going to hear echoes of Dan screaming. The audience is Nestle in my head as I go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You people on Reddit and Twitter and stuff are not the intended audience for WWE. They want Peacock and brands. That is the audience. A&E. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's finish off this card, gents. Uh, we had the Usos uh, defeating the Street Profits. Jesus Christ, Montez Ford. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I, I need Montez Ford to just I I don't immediately seeing him hold like the big 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 boy titles, but I just just give him an interim title for now. Just give him give him one of the mid card ones. Let him let him cook. Dawkins that. has really stepped up too. Dawkins is really good. So like as much as I want to see Montez get a solo run and stuff, I wouldn't want that to happen at the expense of like Dawkins right. getting Genetti because he, like Dawkins is a lot better than Genetti. You know, he's put so. in so much work to make himself a valuable member of that team. Like that team 
is the both of them. Like I, re he was in limbo yep. in NXT for so damn long. Sasha's hype man way back when she was in NXT. Yeah, yeah for, for a brief moment. Yeah. Uh, but that that was a fantastic match. I really love the Usos minus the uh, you know the, the all the other nasty stuff. Uh, perhaps the biggest moments of the night we get Liv Morgan winning the Women's Money in the Bank against Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi. Uh, I'm good for Liv. Yeah, this, this is a moment yeah. where like the company looks like they are behind someone and they're going to put strap a rocket to that person and then. Charlotte Flair is going to come in and destroy that rocket. Um, yeah, just <laughs> beat the shit out of her. That's what it feels like. Um, I wish Lacey Evans just had her old gimmick back. Just, just give her the sassy Southern Belle stuff. Uh, yeah, even though I don't know, I, I find for different reasons at the moment, Lacey Evans' rah rah America gimmick a little, a little, a little tough. We'll say, yeah. But uh, she's a talented wrestler. But yeah. I, I I mean I man I just love seeing Oscar like I think she is one of the greatest wrestlers ever I love her so much and I love seeing her back and everything but um, she seems to be having fun all the time which yes. I really yeah, like. yeah 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 um there were a couple moments uh that were a little rough in the match but you know there's a lot of things going on uh and then we eventually got Ronda Rousey defeating Natalia and Liv Morgan cashing in on Ronda Rousey, crowning her as the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, uh, I'm fine. Liv does that is very endearing. Where it's like whenever she comes out for a big match, like she had a main event match against Becky a while ago, and like you can just tell it means so much to her. Like she'll come yes. out and she'll have that very visible, like, whew, like you know, you can tell it's it's mm -hmm. real with her. And I think that's why she's connected with an audience because you can tell she super gives a shit about these moments. So that's what it makes you root for them. And when something like this happens, it's like, yeah, hell yeah, good for her. 100%. She's also another wrestler who's been like super, super open with like her struggles with mental health and stuff, and like just always respect the heck out of that. Yep. She she also owns a farm, which I find very endearing. She makes soap. <laughs> I didn't know she also made soap. <laughs> she um, makes soap. But that's uh, that wraps it up for Money in the Bank. I think I can continue just tuning into the WWE during these. Uh, they're not pay per views anymore. What are they? Premium live events. Premium, Premium live events. Live PLEs. Events. Yeah. PLEs. I started uh, seeing that in emails when I was working there. I was like, what the fuck is a PLE? Oh, right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Just uh, to wrap it up here, gents, uh, we've been running uh, not, not too long here. Um, I want to ask you guys, and we'll go down the line, starting with Dan, favorite match from both shows? Say probably Orange Cassidy versus Osprey for uh, Forbidden Door. Uh, all right. I'm going to ask you to give it a star rating. Oh, oh, we're doing star ratings here. Out of five. Okay. Um, uh, I'll give it a, a four. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, from money in and the bank, sir. Usos and street profits star rating. I only give fours. Okay. Only give fours. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yes. John. Um, from forbidden door, man, that's a tough one. Um, you know, like, I think I actually would give it to, um, Thunder Roses match just because like, I very much enjoy that style of match, and it's not a style sure. you see outside Japan very much, and I would give that a four. And then from Money in the Bank, man, you know, like, not a lot of Money in the Bank really did it for me, to be honest with you. I guess I would go for the Theory Lashley match. I'd probably give it a three. Okay. All right. All right. Jeff Grubb, noted wrestling uh, enthusiast and expert. New crowned expert. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to cheat here and say the Blood and Guts match uh, from, from AEW this the past week uh, was, was really good for me. Uh, yeah, I'll give that four. I, I really, really liked that. It was uh, entertaining throughout. And then um, I I really liked uh, the the actually the, the Money in the Bank match at Money in the Bank with, um, uh, you know what it was? It was uh, Riddle. I haven't seen Riddle before. I like his, his he had that little run oh, in the middle. Great. He was just like, okay, he's like, I'm going to go on this this streak where I'm like, I'm just going to be better than everyone else in this in this ring for like a, a minute straight. And I love that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, he's just going to go Super Saiyan for a couple of seconds and he's got to knock out everybody. And then it burns out. But I'm like, okay, that's still, for me, that's really good in-ring storytelling that I like. So uh, it, that really kind of made, made it work for me. I'll give um both of those are probably like uh, the Blood and Guts match four and I'll give uh, this one three. I love I saw good Riddle old fighting at, uh... spirit. I saw Riddle at an Irish house show like three years ago and he had one of the best matches I've ever seen with Will Ospreay. And he was just like watching wrestling in the audience afterwards. And I went up to him and I was like, oh, hey, great match. And he was like, thanks, bro. And he smelled smelled so strongly of weed. Oh, yeah. What a cool dude. This guy owns. I love Riddle Demo. Thank Uh, you. uh, Jason, sir. Man, it doesn't happen very often, but I'm right in sync with Dan. Uh, Will Ospreay and Cassidy. Um four on that and then yeah the usos and street profits for yep. sure um yeah that was a fantastic match also a four mike and i'm i'm boring it's, it's those two matches also for me uh although i, I I'll, I'll give the the osprey and uh match a i'll give it a four and a quarter stars Ooh, oh there you, you go. go yeah i'll give the, <laughs> the tag the tag match for money in the bank three and three quarters wow my okay okay interesting uh, I really liked the FTR versus Rapongi Vice and United Empire. I'll give that a good like three and uh, three stars and three for 3.7 stars. Yes, let's further mess up this uh, formula. Money in the <laughs> Bank. I might give it to Lashley in theory. I'd give it a good solid 2.9 stars. But then uh, five stars for Lashley's posing. Best posing in the biz. <laughs> oh, yeah. Impact. It was better when he just leaned over and showed his ass to the audience when he was in Leo Rush. <laughs> Hit him with the pose. It's Bobby's favorite pose. Just showing his ass. Uh, man, I just, I miss it so much with Leo Rush just yelling, Lashley, Lashley. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Um, How many times has he retired since then? Uh, six. At least six okay. times. Right. Uh, and I think that's legitimately at least six times. Um, yeah, you're not really exaggerating. <laughs> Uh, favorite match from the past year or so, gents. This this is open to any promotion. Uh, it doesn't even oh. have to be within like. Let, let's let's just you, the fa- your favorite match that has really stuck with you recently. Which one is the one where where Sting did hop off the the, the audience and he was still like like maybe one story up and he just did the little hop off and he just like let his body weight carry him down <laughs> like a brick. Yeah, I love show. that. That was a weekly show. Yeah, that's yeah. a weekly show. Yeah. Okay, it was yeah. a pay per view a while ago, but whatever. That's my favorite He's match. Had whenever a few he does times that. now, actually. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It's fantastic. It might have been the first time he did it because uh, yeah, I remember people going crazy for about it on Twitter. So yeah, that's my favorite. This is a tough one, especially with some of the matches AEW has put on because I really mm. really love all of Hangman's title run. Yes. Yep. I would say maybe that cage match with the Lucha Bros and the Bucks at all. Ooh, out. Oh, that was You stole mine. You stole mine cuz that's absolutely <laughs> it. That it was, was so incredible. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what when 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 Penta like they threw the shoe the spike shoe for his brother. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh my like, god. Shakespeare would be yes. jealous of the emotion <laughs> from that. Incredible. Yes. Shakespeare would retire in shame at witnessing yes. that yeah. moment. Shakespeare's mm-hmm. nothing but a jobber. 
Mm-hmm. Compared to the beautiful artistic talents of the young bucks. John, Jason, uh, favorite matches. Um, um, let me open oh my, my wrestling match Excel spreadsheet here. Oh, okay. um, there was there was such a slow burn uh, with uh, Hangman. You know, finally getting that mm-hmm. that title shot. Um, Jesus Christ, that, that was some emotional shit. Um, I love that a lot. I gotta say, I'm really partial to uh, the Dark Order. Uh, really love Evil Uno. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that fucking promo with the Dark Order and Hangman uh, against uh, Kenny and the Bucks, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Like you don't have to mm-hmm. have, like a ha- like cowboy hat to be a cowboy or something. God, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember when Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson was on a YouTube pre-show to Rampage? Yes, yeah. yes. What the hell? <laughs> and it was you know, amazing. What the fuck was that? Yeah, and it was great. They announced that and I was like, "What are we doing? This is amazing! What the fuck kind of promotion is this?" But awesome, yeah. Uh, John, you got you got um, a favorite okay. match amongst your Excel sheet, sir? I'm j- I'm just going to drop three matches here. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. I oh. thought it was just like oh, beginning wow. of a yeah. new era level wrestling match. I was there match. for that. Bonk, my wife was there, and she it was our first, actually my second AEW show, her first one, and uh, she was she took an edible beforehand, and her edible was peaking <laughs> at like the height of Danielson Omega, and I turned to her, and she was just like. <laughs> and, down just in awe of what she was watching i think <laughs> meanwhile CM i was there in a lucha mask trying not to get fired so cm punk versus kingston is like some of the most emotional shit yeah. i have seen in a really really long time and then just to throw a weird one in there um i might mispronounce this uh umatami hayashita versus seiryu from stardom was an absolute banger from the like um from the middle of 2021 that is just if you just want to see two people go to absolute Absolute war and cry because they can't beat each other. It's an amazing, amazing match. So yeah, yes. that'd be mine. I 100% back that pick. John is right. If you have not checked out Stardom, you 100% should check out Stardom. Some of like the best women's wrestling, if not the best wrestling going on over yeah. there. Um, I don't know how, but like wrestling matches between 120 pounds Japanese women are so much more brutal than anything else you will see. <laughs> and the physics of it barely makes sense to me. But oh, my God, these women are so great. Yes. yes. It's the hatred. It's the hatred that powers. It's them. just yeah. just the, the pounds. That being yeah. said, I will uh, 100% let Maki Ito step on me. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Just, sorry. 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 Uh, it's, it's too early for that. I realize. We're too late for you, John. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm go- trying to go to bed here, Doc. <laughs> uh, I want to go down the line one more time, folks. Uh, who are you strapping the rocket to? Who's going to be talk of the town six months to a year from now? Well, Wardlow! Yeah, Wardlow. Okay. John? Ricky Starks. Oh, sorry. We're not. We're taking turns. I'm just speaking out of line. Um, I want to see... Eddie Kingston get the most brutal, short-lived, yeah. unfairly ended title run possible. I want oh, MJF wow. to cheat him out of the belt yeah. so fast. Like that's good. I, I want. I want Eddie. Uh, that's my answer. Eddie Kingston. I want him to be mistreated in a lot because I think he, he'll get so mad. It'll be so good. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want him to be treated raw. Yeah, absolutely. Set Chris Jericho on fire for like two months. Oh my god! That, <laughs> I want to oh, see him succeed. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and did you see his? Did you see his new T-shirt? It's just that image. Yeah, it's just it's, a photo of him. Beautiful. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, one of those iconic wrestling images, like yep, all time. Yep, yep. That's so Becky good. with the bloody nose. That's, uh, yep, yep, yep. yep. Jason and then Mike. Wardlow seems like a really obvious choice. Yes, I, I, I think I got to go with that. Yeah, 
Mike, so you- not to not to throw some spice here right at the end of the podcast, okay. but like, right. what is it about Wardlow? The like, he's big and he's, he's strong. It must be he's very handsome. He power bombs you a thousand like times. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best okay, finisher that's, ever. That's a, that's a good argument. Okay, yeah. But he's like you- Goldberg, but better. He yes. can talk. It seems like he can work better and safer yeah. than Goldberg ever could. He's got that look, but like he's also got this cool thing where when he comes out for promos and stuff, he's like sharply dressed and stuff and talks like he's kind of that calm talking, but he will kick your ass when it comes down to it. Like it's, the whole package works in a way I have not seen that character work in a long time. He's I, from I Cleveland. Me- I'm looking at pictures of him. He's from Cleveland, you said, Mike? Wardlow? Yeah. Yeah, he, he does look like Euro trash. Absolutely. I love it. This is fantastic. I, I, think, I think my issue is just like he's just like a cool guy. Yeah. And I need more. I need something else. But like, I, I know I'm in like the vast minority on that. Like, I know everyone is like all in on Wardlow. I guess we'll see. Mike, uh, you said Ricky Starks. You sticking with Ricky yeah. Starks? I am. And maybe it's going to be a little bit longer than six months to a year. But I think that is somebody who has been kind of a little bit in the background, but every time he shows up, it's great. I think big things are ahead for Ricky in the future. Lovely, lovely. Well, folks, that was the Power Bombcast. We talked about the Forbidden Door, Money in the Bank, and a couple of extra wrestling stuff. Uh, John, Mike, thanks for joining us, gents. Thank you. Uh, oh, Thanks so much. Uh, I usually have to have a separate wrestling section on my own podcast, and everyone gets real mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, don't worry. Just let wrestling keep eking out into every single other video you, yes. you produce, because yes. people yes. love it. We'll do. We'll do. People love it. Uh, John, Mike, where else can uh, people find you on the internet? John, you first. Um, you can just search at Super Eyepatch Wolf, and I will be there, and I also host the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. Lovely, lovely. Mike? Uh, I am at gamesbeat.com. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Tollcoto. And Jeff and I, we do our Tuesday, Thursday shows, uh, Last in 10 Dogs on Tuesdays and Game Mesticides on Thursdays. Yes, yes. Who knows when we'll come back with uh, the Power Bombcast? I have no clue. I'm not really that jazzed about SummerSlam, but maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see when the stars are Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. They've they've (laughs) real this time. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh Jesus Christ. I love both of those individuals. I could not be less excited to see that again. The sequel to the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. I also can't believe that I miss John Cena. Oh yeah. 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 All these people booing Cena and saying Cena sucks and chanting you can't wrestle that guy. You don't realize he might have been the greatest of all time. The whole time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think about all my favorite matches from like the the, the 2000s and and I'm like, oh, Cena was in like all of those. Granted, he got a lot of opportunities because he's a top guy, but he almost always delivered. Yeah. Man, that that Cena Punk match. Oh my God! Yeah. Some uh, of the money best. In the bank. The yeah. Raw yeah. one, the Money in the Bank one, the whole U.S. Title Open Challenge run. That oh, dude man. can do everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Mm, mm. Well, anyway, that has been the Power Bombcast. Who the heck knows when the Forbidden Door of talking about uh, having a whole podcast about wrestling will be back open? But you can bet your bottom dollar that we'll push it back open. Is this playing? It's not playing. There it is. Okay. Let us return to parts unknown. Let's return to parts unknown. And let me fade the black. 